Good evening. You are listening to Three Moves Ahead, and I'm your host, Rob Zachney. With me tonight is one of my regular panel, uh, Dr. Bruce Garrick. Bruce, welcome to the show. Yeah. Hello, gamers. Uh, we are also joined by game designer Jake Solomon from Firaxis, uh, who's been working on a little project you may have heard of called XCOM Enemy Unknown. Jake, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. This is kind of like a, a milestone achievement for me, being on Three Moves Ahead, so I'm glad to be here. And uh, we're super glad to have you, and we're certainly glad to be talking again about XCOM. So I'm, you know, I've, I've been debating how to start the show, so let's... You know, rather than diving into our impressions yet, uh, Jake, why don't you talk about sort of the uh, challenge you set for yourself when you decided, uh, when, when you were sort of tasked with relaunching XCOM? Well, yeah, it was sort of, you know, in, in, in its own way. I mean, this has sort of been a, a, a dream of mine. You know, I, I, you know, this is my favorite game. I, I played this all my senior year in high school, and this is sort of the game that, that set me on the track to actually put me in the industry because um, I got a computer science degree because of this game and, and then I I really got into strategy games and that's why I went to Firaxis. And so for the last 12, 12 plus years I've been at Firaxis, I've basically been annoying the hell out of Sid to, to make this game. And so for me, when, when the opportunity, in, in fact, I even, you know, I made a prototype of XCOM just on my own, like in, in 2002, and it, it was terrible. I mean, it was it was awful. Um, and then, so we, we waited a while, and then when we finally uh, came back to it, like uh, this was, you know, this was sort of my dream project. So I didn't actually go into it as, as properly terrified as I probably should have been. Um, I was a little naive when I went into it, but um, yeah, I mean, it's... A game, a game like that, uh, a game like XCOM, uh, it was definitely development has been has been quite uh, roller coaster wide ride. It's been it's been quite a challenge. Um, you know, taking something and updating it, uh, something that's so beloved, um, and something that, again, twenty years old, like that transition into modern technology and, and modern gaming. You know, it brings a lot of, a lot of challenges with it. So yeah, it's been uh, it's been quite a journey. Uh. Maybe you can clear something up for me, because I remember actually a number of years ago before I heard anything about uh, this new XCOM, I heard, I mean, I suppose there's always been whispers of, like, who was making the new XCOM, and one of the names I heard was that not only, like, had Firaxis, like, dabbled on a, uh, dabbled with XCOM a little bit, but there was actually, like, there was actually a, a little bit of, of the game made somewhere, and people had seen it, uh, but then what I heard was that project had been sort of like shelved and, you know, we would never, li- we would never see, none of us would ever see the Firaxis XCOM. Was that your prototype that people were referring to? Was, was there sort of a stop start pattern to this? No, not. So it, it, it may have been like, it, it's actually um, the prototype I worked on was right before. And I, I suppose it was a prototype right before pirates Xbox. So I don't even know when that was maybe 2003, 2004, um, I worked on it, and then it never went anywhere because I think we were under Atari at that point. Um, so we still had the XCOM license, but it it didn't go anywhere because then I then I you know it really wasn't very good. Um, and then uh, after that, I guess it was sort of shelved as I moved on to another project. And then after during Civ Rev, it came back up, and at that point. Um, I, I guess I guess people had more faith in me, and uh, they 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 uh, after Civ Rev, then then it it came back up, and but ever since then, since two thousand eight, 
we've been in development and it's been full steam ahead ever since then. So that that this incarnation of the game has sort of been uh, chugging along ever since then. And one thing I wanted to ask you is you said you, you, you'd made a prototype before and it, it wasn't very good. So as, as someone who has you know, made, what, you know, made what I think actually is, is a pretty good update of the game, but then someone who also botched it before you made the good version. Uh, so, so what did you learn was the way not to go about uh, sort of remaking XCOM? Well, I, I mean, I, I botched it while I was making the good one, I guess. I mean, I, I you know, I, I'm... I'm totally able to and, and I sort of embrace the idea of mistakes as part of the process so I mean that's probably the biggest thing that I've learned as 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 a designer and um, working for Sid is that you know I'm not I'm absolutely not afraid of of taking chances with design and then I'm also not afraid to hear that you know people don't like things or that things aren't very good or, or that ideas that I've put in you know that they're not uh, they're not working and um, you know, very quickly, I think early on, you know, you make something and it's very precious to you and you're worried about how, how people will perceive you and your design. And and then very quickly, you, you have to sort of burn through that and say, you know what, I don't care. Like, if this isn't good, I want to know now. And so, I mean, I, you know, the, the mistakes I learned on the first one were that uh, I had a lot to learn, I think, just in terms of general design principles. And then Working with Sid, and I, I've sort of always worked for Sid. So at, at Firaxis, there are two projects. There's kind of like the PC Civ project, and then there's the Sid project. And I always worked on the Sid project. So working under him, I just sort of studied under him for a really long time. And then when I worked on this current version of the game, I mean, we, we did a panel at PAX called um, A Thousand Stupid Decisions, I think. And it was all of our all of the bad ideas, most of them were mine. The team is pretty darn good, and, and I'm probably the weak link there because I, I have designed so many prototypes, even in this current game, so many different strategy prototypes, so many different combat prototypes, um, until we finally settled on, on what we have now. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think the big, probably the biggest learning, uh, probably the biggest thing that I learned was basically just not being afraid of those mistakes and sort of, you know, um, being open to to that as part of the process. So I want to talk a little bit then about the the, the original XCOM and sort of like core value, you know, core values to the to the series. And uh, you know, Bruce, I kind of want to flip it over to you there because one of the reasons I wanted you for the show in particular is because when XCOM has has come up, you have um, quite a detailed history with it. You play you played that game uh, an absolute ton, uh, you know, back in the day. Yes. Oh yeah, I have. I remember walking through uh, one of those defunct uh, computer stores. I don't know what it was. Um, one of the Midwestern versions of Fry's, uh, which we don't have in Michigan. But uh, I was walking through there. It was actually maybe in Chicago, and um, I uh, saw this game that said XCOM. And uh, after that, it was just. Uh, uh, I played all the. You know, I played that thing through. Got to Cydonia. Played uh, Terror from the Deep, um, which was basically underwater XCOM three times longer. Um, I played um, the real time one that uh, wasn't was a great idea that didn't work. Um, so it's it's one of my it's one of my favorite games. Uh, it's one of my favorite game memories. Let's put it that way, um, because I'm not sure if I can even say what my favorite games are anymore. But uh, I was fascinated to see um, to see the game being developed uh, and updated and I have to say I was I was kind of 
I, I, I'm sure I was as uh, kind of leery as as a lot of other old time uh, old time strategy gamers were about the direction that was going from what I saw in all the you know interviews and kind of uh, discussions. So um, it was very very interested to uh, to to play the the, the build that I have and uh, and I. I'm pretty excited. Um, uh, so I'm, I'm very ex- uh, excited to talk to Jake about his uh, new game X cover. Um, I think that's uh, that's uh, basically what it should be renamed. Um, but uh, I think that um, I- I'm fascinated by, you know, and this is a design podcast in many ways. So a strategy game design podcast. We talk about design so much. Um, I'd love to hear about how you went about making the game the the <clears throat> games at the time that uh the first XCOM came out were sort of adorably naive and uh just looking at old screenshots and and and, and I I don't um uh, I don't mean to to denigrate the game in any way but uh and I certainly didn't I don't know that I had this perception when I saw it then but I remember you they were they were strategy games they were real strategy games and they didn't try to be realistic or at least the the threshold of realism or what people would accept as realistic was uh was a lot lower so you could have these large teams and they would you know the troopers would scatter all over a map and you would move and somebody would attack you and uh you know they'd miss or they'd hit and it really was it was like playing a you know a a strategy game like a chip based game and you weren't so worried about um, it seeming like it was a real combat. And my impression is that because you uh, decided to go with, you know, the glam cam kind of uh, uh, action uh, cinematic approach to the game, that you had to make a bunch of design decisions that would, uh, that you were kind of straightjacketed because if you're going to have a small unit uh, combat tactics game, you're going to have to treat it like actual small unit combat tactics in which cover is extremely important to the point where you basically move from cover to cover all the time. And that that really hamstrings you in terms of your scenario design and the way in which you present the game because uh, if you're going to have a cinematic, it's going to look really stupid if some guy's just standing out in the open and uh, and aliens are shooting at him and they're missing. And in, in the old game, I mean, it was just how it was, right? I mean, you saw an alien, he shot at you, he had his 31% die roll and he missed, and then you shot at him, and I'm sure in a cinematic uh, a cinematic rendering of that would look ludicrous. And it's very clear to me that you guys tried to be very—the the verisimilitude in the game uh, is is much higher than I expected. And I, I'm, I'm wondering how you designed around that or how you incorporated that into the design because it, it's a completely different game on a tactical level from the first one. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's true. I mean, um, yeah, a lot of it was, you know, and it's, it's. I guess if I if I sort of start uh, from the beginning, but I'll, I'll try to be quick. I mean, the the idea was that um, don't be quick. We're we're you're here to tell us about the game, so do it. T- talk just just talk to us. We love it. Okay, when I was a boy, um, <laughs> no, I, I, I um, yeah, I mean, so in, in the beginning, what what happened is that I. Playing the original XCOM, the one thing that um, I suppose that I wanted to change was that I wanted my soldiers to interact. 
Um, and this is the way that I played the original was that it was actually a collection of, of individual units and I would sort of use them until their time units ran out. And so, you know, I would sort of like take one guy, move him down. And, and that's not to say that I wouldn't flip between soldiers and, and then, you know, sort of like, you know, group them up and then move them off. But really, they sort of felt um, like an, a collection of individual units. And so I wanted them to work together. So the idea was to sort of give them abilities that sort of um, work together. And, and you know, uh, I did want to add uh, things like classes and class abilities, um, because that was something that, you know, I enjoy in, in other games. And I, I always created that anyway in the original XCOM. And so I sort of wanted to formalize that and expand upon that by by having things like class abilities. And, and by doing that, bring in, instead of the... The soldiers being the individual units, turning the squad into its own sort of individual unit and making them sort of have to work together. Um, and the cover system, what's interesting is that we actually added the cover system late. So we, relatively late. So when I first, um, when I first uh, wrote the prototype for this version of the game, it was very, very similar to the original game in, in, in the fact that it had... Uh, time units and, and larger squads and um, the problem was that I put things like uh, class abilities over the top of that um, uh, I added all these weapons and all these abilities and the old system sort of fell apart uh, under the under the weight of all those uh, additional things and so uh, I sort of went back and said all right all right I'm gonna make an actual uh, if I to me let's say the pillars of Xcom are, are you know let's say it's um, obviously, consequences to your choices. So things like permadeath, um, having the um, the destructible environments, having turn-based combat, which allows permadeath, having the strategy layer, combat layer, identifying the pillars, and then saying, okay, I'm not going to be beholden to the mechanics of the original game anymore. So, and that was really sort of my decision was to say, like, let's do away with. And this was about a year and a half into the design. So I'd already des designed a prototype with the original mechanics. I said, you know what, let's just um, eliminate the original game mechanics and instead sort of come up with our own like uh, mechanics that still sort of uh, achieve the same design pillars. Um, and when I did that, that's when I added cover. And the reason for that, again, it, it was it's sort of more organic than the way I'm describing it because it's not like I was, uh, you know... When, when you sort of talk about design in retrospect, you can sort of, I don't know, you can smooth it over and make yourself sound like this was all well thought out and these were all smart decisions. And, and it wasn't it wasn't quite that like that. It was much more organic. But, you know, cover came into it in the sense that it was very difficult to counter, like, the, the tactics in the original. And, and this is something that, um, you know, the original game had an incredible amount of tension. Um but that was very that really pulled against the idea of tactics. And so, you know, when you have tactics that kind of counters tension a little bit, it's very hard to have a high level of tension and a high level of tactics because in let's say in the original game, you know, there were things that you could say were um, I hesitate to call them unfair, but they were they were uh, it was hard to counter them. There are things that you just didn't have a counter for. Let's say, um, in, in an extreme example, let's say the blaster launchers that the aliens used or or the fact that they could shoot further than you could see. And so um, or the mind control. Right. Or the mind control. I hated that. Yeah. Squad site mind control. Right. And so 
it's the sort of thing where that created an incredible amount of tension in the original game. I mean, you really felt like with every single step, you were putting your guys in jeopardy. But it also felt like there, in, in a lot of cases, there wasn't a lot you could do about that. And so as I made the soldiers more important in terms of giving them classes and abilities, it started to become really frustrating. And so we said, look, we need, we, you know, we're going to sacrifice, and maybe not sacrifice, but we knew that we were pulling against the tension by saying, look, we need to give the player the ability to counter more powerful aliens or bad situations if they can use tactics. And so cover kind of came, cover kind of came into it to where we, we gave the player more options of, you know, you can move into cover, you can hunker down, which means you can't see very far, but you can double your defense. And by giving the player all of those options, then that sort of allows, gives the player a little more control over how the battle unfolds, which, um, I think that's probably the biggest change from the original game is the addition of more tactical, and I don't mean to sound pejorative about the original game. I'm just, you know, there are just more tactical options for the player in this game. Um, and so what that does, though, is that does kind of fight some of the feeling of the original game in that um, that tension and covers a big part of that for us was having cover allows you to sort of do things like flank the aliens cover and get a better shot. Or if you're in a really bad situation, you can hunker down and really protect somebody. So, um, yeah, I mean, it was, it sort of came out of that feeling that, um, as the soldiers became more important and valuable to you, some of those elements in the original game, which I, again, it's, it is, that is my favorite game. I mean, but it started to feel it was something that it felt um, not punishing, but but unfair, and it, it started to not feel fun. It didn't work very well with all the new stuff I'd added to the game. So, yeah, I mean, I think that was probably the big turning point, which which cover was a big part of was was identifying that hey, you know, we're going to actually make this game more of a, a tactics game than maybe the original was. Well, the, the thing about the about that. I think that the biggest change for me, and I, once again, I'm thinking back to you know 20 year old memories. But um, one of the one of the big tactics that I used in that game to try to cover to try to counter exactly what you talked about the kind of the unfair uh, advantages was to just have sacrificial guys that had a high uh, you know a lot of action points and they would just run around and expose the aliens and then you would use your you know your skilled uh, units to sort of take the aliens out. So you'd have a, you just have a couple sacrificial lambs, and because you kept getting the new, uh, new troopers, that wasn't really a big deal. Uh, but that's completely impossible in this game um, because the squads are so small. Yeah, I, I just think that um, you're you're absolutely right. I mean, and and that was the way you almost had to play the original game, um, and. I think that the game requiring the player to do that, and and you know when you got up to the Avenger, you could have I forget how many it was exactly, but you could have almost twenty, twenty maybe more than that soldiers. Yeah, it was yeah something big number. Right, and that's the problem is that when the game is asking you to do that or giving that to you as an option, you know it's it's almost requiring you to play the game well. You have to sort of play that way. And, and for me, those larger soldier sizes, which I which you know again I, I played that way too. That created a lot of pacing problems in the original game, and again, I, you know, I, I still play the game, the original, every year. And for me, the pacing of combat missions is probably the biggest problem. Where sometimes it's great, and sometimes it's not great at all because you have so many soldiers, 
you can find yourself, you know, trying to wipe out like a relatively small UFO may still take you 45 minutes because you're either maneuvering all these soldiers or, you know, just, you know, just uh, maneuvering all these guys to take out some some aliens. And, you know, you're going to win at some point, like, you know, that turning point in the original XCOM where, you know, you're going to win the battle. But you still have to use all these disparate pieces to sort of play the game. Then the pacing kind of has these these it has fairly low valleys for the incredibly high peaks. And I think emotionally and pacing wise. The original XCOM has some of the very highest peaks in terms of emotion, but it also has some low valleys, and I think that comes out of the fact that you had so many game pieces in the design that you had to that you had to manage. Well, not just that, but the fact that uh, a lot of those missions by the end devolved into bug hunts, and there was nothing more infuriating. Uh, and I think Jagged Alliance 2 suffers this problem as well, but there, there are those moments where the battle's pretty much won, and there's like one or two guys left on the map that you need to kill, but God knows where they are. And so you end up losing a soldier for no good reason other than that you were just like trying to hurry around the map and cover, you know, expose everything and find that one last little guy. Uh, and before you get him, uh, he clips one of your troopers and, you know, okay, uh, do you, you know, do you eat that loss? Because it happened because you were bored. And that's never a good feeling. Right, and, and that's very true. And it's one of those things where, um, you know, I, I think that, um, I, and maybe that, maybe this is for better or for worse, but, you know, as a designer, you know, I just, I, I don't think that I can afford to have moments like that in a game nowadays. And it's not that I don't, like, I totally accept, uh, accept them when I play the original, but in, nowadays, like, you know, it's it's kind of cutthroat. Like you just can't, as a designer, afford to have experiences like that in games because they can, you know, that that's the sort of thing where it, it's very true. Like moments like that and the pacing moments are the sorts of things where I was really really concerned about them. And I I recognized when I made my first prototype, the game still had those moments in them. The first prototype had those moments, and there were a lot of people who were just sort of like completely turned off by that. But people who were fans of the original were like, my God, this is great. You did it. Um, and they just sort of like powered through. But then I noticed with new players, they were very turned off by the the moments where they were sort of controlling all these units and um, and, and where the pacing uh, kind of fell off. So, I mean, it was – I mean, it was a concrete uh, – it's definitely something that I think it's – it's definitely it's insightful because I, I think you have hit upon it. And it's something that I, I fully admit like that's something that um, – that led to a lot of the changes to the reduced squad size, which I know has caused some, um, you know, there's some consternation and the elimination of, of, of time units. Like those things directly come come out of that. And I mean, also it seems like reduced map size as well. Um, one of the things that, you know, when when you call it X cover, Bruce, I will admit th- there are times when this kind of feels like uh, a bit like maybe Gears of War, the tactical war game version, yeah. uh, where people are bouncing from cover to cover, kind of down what in some cases feels a bit like an alley with, you know, certain fire points, uh, you know, to break up the level. But w- what isn't there are those levels uh, that you get in old XCOM where you could have your squad sort of pulled apart and end up fighting almost two entirely separate battles on different yeah. streets. 
and it became these really interesting, like, oh shit, these guys are in trouble, and I have no way to bail them out without abandoning this squad in the middle of a firefight. Uh, but at the same time, that created again some of those same pacing problems we just we just covered, and so I end up in this in this kind of weird place with uh, with, with enemy unknown, in in that. You know, I, I really enjoy the pacing, and uh, you know, when, when I think about when I when I think about my time with the game and everything, like these are really fast, intense, uh, you know, exciting encounters in a lot of ways. But at the same time, what I kind of miss is that, um, you know, that feeling where you don't really know, uh, wh- you know, wh- where you really are blind because the level design uh, was was kind of so open that these guys literally could be anywhere. Whereas I kind of feel in this game, eh, chances are they're somewhere in front of you and not too far away. Right. That's that's absolutely true. Actually, um, again, yeah, I, I think that that's you know, the the that's something that early on we we had gameplay that was more undirected. Which which by the way, I mean, I I should say it's not. Um, I don't want anybody to get the impression that that you have to. There aren't any sort of like cutoff alleys because I understand what you're saying, but certainly the maps are open in terms of how you move around them and things like that. But um, but yeah, I mean it's more of a directed play in the sense that you know we also have things where you can hear the aliens during um, uh, the alien turns. Sometimes you know right. they, they can hear you, and so you know they're running probably wider patrols than in the original game. So yeah, I mean it is a. I think the pacing starts higher and probably doesn't uh, doesn't dip as low and I, I think that there is some I think you're right to say that there were there were some moments in the original game where yeah you could have two completely separate fire teams and and actually typically part of that too actually was the if you remember the original game your sky range would actually land in the middle of some maps yes which which is actually pretty interesting and it would actually force you as a player to um, and I, again, this is probably self-controlled. Like, if you wanted to, you could have moved your guys in a giant uh, twelve-soldier bunch around the map. But who the fuck is going to do that, right? So, um, instead, you you would send them off in groups of. I typically use groups of three, right? And so, your Sky Ranger could it could be in the corner, but typically it was in one of the middle tiles of their maps. And so, you just sort of said, "I have no idea where the UFO is," and you just sort of said, "All right, everybody out in groups of three. Everybody start walking until you see that little glint of a uh, hull, alien hull, you know, somewhere." Yep. Yeah, that was the thing. But the thing about that is that you can't. If you make a cover system, then you automatically or the cover system that you have automatically makes parts of the map, like especially open parts of the map, irrelevant, right? I mean, you're never going to go there. The, the big wide open spaces in uh, in um, the, the original game were usable. I mean, you just you were sort of forced to walk across these, these uh, open plains to find or a field or whatever to get to a warehouse. You had no choice. Here... The 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 le- I'm sure the level design must have been quite difficult. Maybe you can talk about that a little bit because you couldn't just have if you if you force the player to just cross this wide open football field. I mean, it's going to get completely destroyed, and that would be the case in you know I'm sure in a in a real uh, uh, in a real uh, combat like this where the the attacker didn't have some kind of fire support. Um, no, so. That's- so- Go ahead. Oh no, no. I was, I was saying. I'm, I'm sorry. I, yeah, that's absolutely right. Is that the, the environment becomes another, becomes a very, very big factor. You know, which is again something that was, 
intentional is that the the environment becomes a much bigger factor in the in in the game in the sense that yeah you cannot and level design was done um, I mean, you're right to point that out. What, what exactly what happened was that you know we would design these levels in gray box form. So you know we'd say our level designers would say, well, you know maybe this is a, a gas station. I don't know, but we wouldn't really worry about the art. We would use these, you know, we would use blocks, you know, and we'd design and we'd say, okay, you know, we would just play and the aliens would spawn in randomly and be running around, and we would simply play and say like, hey, this area right here, like. I'm never going to go there. I can't go any I can't do anything without dashing which takes away both my moves. And so this it creates this sort of dead area where the AI is not going to go there um unless they're melee aliens. And so the player uh especially if you play the game on in Iron Man mode, let's say. So where where you feel like there are, you know if you play the game or you play it at a higher difficulty, there's lots of um battles where you're going to fall back. And so we had to construct these levels in such a way that there was cover everywhere because, you know, as, as you say, like cover is is integral to, to how this game plays. And so, yeah, we would have to play it. The aliens would be sort of random and running around. And we had to sort of make sure that you could play this game anywhere and that there were enough interesting environment decisions. So height grants bonuses as well. And the in and out gameplay, which... Um, uh, is really important, like, you know, breaking up sight lines and being able to move in and out of buildings. And so, you know, we would construct all these things in Greybox, play them over and over and over and over and over again. Um, and we actually have more than 80 hand-built levels, completely different hand-built levels. And so wow. that, that took, you know, it took, obviously it took years to, to make them, test them, play them over and over, say like, and then everybody would post and say, like, look, this is no good here. I don't like this. Add more sight lines here. Punch a w window in this building here. Things like that. So, yeah, much more um, design went into the, the levels. I, I kind of feel, too, Bruce, that, you know, instead of having a guy trapped in the open, I, I, think, I think the sort of uh, enemy unknown equivalent of being trapped in the open is having had to uh, dash to a location with only half cover well in advance of the squad, uh, where you're just sort of hanging out there now for a turn uh, beyond support and you can't shoot back. And, I mean, that's that's not a good position to be. I still feel like you may not have a guy like completely out in the open, but you totally have guys just like hanging out there in the air. No, no, no. I, I agree, and I, I'm I'm not saying that that's that you know that there aren't exposed positions. What I'm saying is that there there's such a premium on cover that non-covered terrain only exists as a space between covered terrain, and that you don't really use it for anything. So, it, where in the original game, you know, I mean, people would be out uncovered all the time. They'd be walking around, and you know, it would be a a, a big a big open field would still be a tactical space, right? Here it's not. It's just the space in between all the stuff that you're going to use. And crossing that thing, the only thing you're ever going to do is cross. You're not going to just put a squad out in the middle of a field and go, oh, I wonder, just have, hang out there for a while, guys, and see when anybody shoots at you. It's, 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 not, a, it's not a viable... Uh, uh, so it's almost a binary... The, the, the terrain is binary. It's either something you want to be in or something you don't want to be in. Yeah, I think that the it, it, the des, the design as it relates to movement, let's say, is much more. It's offering much more discrete choices for sure. I mean, I think that that's that, that's what cover you know that's what cover creates is that is that it's there is no there's not there, it's not really a continuous system of, right, of movement right. for sure. It, it's much more like these are your discrete options.
Right, and it and it seemed like that would be difficult to design. I mean, the level designers must have had that. My impression would be that that would be hard to that would be harder to work with. Yeah, and and because of that, that's why the the cover is you know generally what it comes down to is you have to make sure there's a a a pretty strong distribution of cover related to the soldiers' movement radius. Yeah, and then exactly. on on top of that, all of our cover, which um, I think uh, you know the art team did a terrific job of masking, but uh, all the cover is ninety degrees. There is no diagonal cover in the game, and so um, yeah. that that helps because then the system becomes a simple system of you know flanking becomes a lot more straightforward. And we actually had diagonal cover at one point, and then I broke everybody's heart um, on the art side because I was like, this is crazy. Like this makes it this. That that was a big step forward for us too, was because when we had diagonal cover, then it became even harder to understand what the decisions were discrete, but it was really hard to interpret what the result of that would be because Interesting. Is that guy flanking me? I'm not sure. That's very hard to visually read when it's diagonal cover. And so you're kinda like, Goo, I don't know if that guy's bisecting this line <laughs> that my cover is creating in the air. Right. But when it went to ninety degrees, then it becomes very straightforward to look at a map and, and you sort of project these tiles down and you go, Oh yeah, no, that's that should be safe. That should be a flanking move and, and things like that. Well, no. Go on. Go ahead. Well, I'm about to move on to the strategic side. So, well, let's not, before we get there, I want to yeah. talk about uh, one more thing about the map because I want to talk about my favorite key. It's the G key, and I feel like you guys hate the G key because we, the G key. Yes, at least I think it's the G key, the key that zooms me out on the map. Oh, right, right. Yeah. So when I hit the G key, I see the map exactly the way I want to, which is that I see as much as possible. And then I select another guy, and it's like you guys are saying, "No, you don't, don't do that. Look at this guy. Look at this, like this, this trooper here. He's got this, you know, ridiculous video game physiology. Check it out. He's got a giant gun. You want to see that?" And uh, and I'm saying, I, "No, I don't really. I just would like to see the whole map and see where my guys are and where those guys are." So um, I feel like uh, there was a there was a conscious decision made. I'm sure because of the presentation. And I'd like to you talk a little bit about that why I can't stay zoomed out. Well, I mean, that it probably would have been more possible on PC, but but I, you know, it actually is not any sort of specific design decision so much as it is a perf one. I mean, we we found as far as we could kind of go and have things like, you know, fire like so we have like this standard zoom that we say like this is the max that a player can sort of play the game at. Um and then when you have things like fire and destructed environments and all those things then at, beyond a certain level then it just becomes a perf nightmare and we have to adjust specs and you know obviously easier for the console system but on pc we have to sort of adjust our min specs at the lowest settings and so oh okay i see when you say perf for me perf means perforation like somebody has a colonic perforation you mean performance no 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 yes um that uh, not the not the colonic perforation but rather the <laughs> The per the system per system performance and so yeah for us we yeah. sort of have this standard zoom level we say like oh if we go beyond this then we sort of um, then we're really going to suffer in certain situations so yeah I mean th that's the um, you know that's sort of the the most that's the, you know that's sort of like the best zoom level so it, it wasn't so much a specific design thing as it was a um, as a uh, uh, you know makes everybody you know it's one of those decisions where you know it's that's the sort of best um, performance level. Uh, by the way, 
Bruce and uh, I don't know Jake. Maybe even even you've encountered this the, this issue, uh, but I find that like in the multi-level uh, sort of the multi-story levels, uh, particularly like spaceships, um, you end up kind of in this. Uh, you know, neither zoom level ends up really working that well with the cutaway uh, cutaway roofs rooftops. And so there've been there've been a few times, and I don't know if you've run into this, Bruce, where where you're trying to like move someone along like the the second story or something, but they're still inside a building, and uh, there is no zoom level at which you can either you you're either like painful, like you're either zoomed in all the way, uh, or or you are staring at the roof of the building that you are standing inside, and it's trying to move you around on the roof, and you can't see you can't see what you're doing, basically. Yeah, yeah, I've had a couple things like that, and there's other kind of display issues that i i ran into yeah all right uh jake these build bugs or uh have you fixed it fix it jake um i think i mean i think that there are some are you guys playing the preview build yeah yeah yes. so there are some i don't know specifically you know like uh specifically but um yeah in the preview build they, there are some issues that with the uh, like wall hiding and roof hiding and things like that that are fixed yeah. in, that are fixed in the um, in the uh, final PC build. Great, just wanted to ask about that. Uh, and there's the also targeting grenades. When I whenever I try to put a target somebody with a grenade, my map just got kind of it, it scrolls. I can't actually put the grenade down where uh, where I. Uh, where I want, but, um, I mean, I eventually can, but I have to be very careful with the mouse. It may be idiosyncrasy to me. I'm, I'm sure that if, if that comes out when it's actually released, people will let you know about it. So also you, you guys seem to have, um, and, and this sort of stands out for me in every other game. I'm kind of used to grenades being these terrifying goddamn things where it's like you pull a grenade and it's like, who the hell knows what's about to happen. Uh, but your guys here, uh, they're actually pretty good at throwing, throwing a, uh, hunk of metal about 10 feet. <laughs> Towards something. They're all Justin Verlander. Yeah, they've got. Um, they don't have the. They don't have the arm. They don't necessarily have the uh, the super length. But yeah, the uh, the grenades are are they're, they're like rockets have scattered to them. But uh, the the benefit of grenades is that they're pretty. We um we, we give you a full preview of where that thing's going. So yeah, you can you can bounce them like uh like you're a rock star. So that's that that's good because I don't think anybody. Uh, I never enjoyed in Jagged Alliance, for instance, having to do the pre grenade uh, save. Uh, just, just cause like you'd be standing there at a corner and like, dude, just bounce it right off, you know, right off the corner of the building and it land, land at his feet and okay, that's, that's your squad. That's how it was in real life there, uh, Rob. That's true. That's, that's totally historically accurate. The, uh, the, actually before we had the grenade projectile preview in, yeah, that's, we, there were a lot of moments of that where you would stand there and you'd say, can I throw this out this window? And then you would try and you'd say, nope, I guess not. Because then it would bounce off the roof and land at your guy's feet and then you'd die. So, yeah, we were all happy to yeah. get the uh, yeah. preview in there. So I want to talk about the strategic level. And, and, and then after that, I, I think I want to just talk a little bit about uh, you know some of the things that I'm really digging about the game and maybe some of the things that you're uh, really enjoying, Bruce. But I want to talk about the strategic level real quick because that actually in some ways... Uh, maybe has even some more radical changes from the original, where I kind of feel like the original was very much maybe a third of the game was about building this uh, you know international defense initiative and sort of like covering the globe in interceptor bases and you know getting ready for rapid response, building new bases. Uh, here, you you really you really centralized all that to to one hub and uh, stripped a lot of that out, and instead you've got sort of base building. And uh, a bit of an, a bit of bit more of an economy than than you had in the original. 
Right, yeah, and, and so that, I mean that comes out of my my play, you know, with the original, and and um, you know, for forgive me for my heresy here, um, but um, yeah, I think that that was probably one of the the things that I was most um, interested in in changing was the the strategy layer on the original game. I felt like I played it the same way, and I, I still, you know, I, I play it the exact same way every time. Like there there is a right way to play the original strategy game. Um, and you know, there's I would put my same bases in the same locations every time, um, and so uh, this with this game with the strategy, I was really trying to create more um, sort of uh, choices that would be different when every time you played. Um, so that's why there are like bonuses to the different continents where you're building them, things like that, um, the satellites, and again. You know, this is, you know, I suppose sort of more my personal design bent, but that, um, you know, I'm, there are more discrete um, choices as opposed to the continuous choices. And that's not a value call either way. It's just saying that, um, you know, like now you build satellites over individual countries, whereas in the original, you, you, you know, you'd build your bases sort of anywhere you wanted to. Um, and, and you sort of, get, you know, you sort of tried to guess what, what areas that would cover. Now, I, I'm just... I'm just dying to know. Uh, do you play Pandemic by any chance? Now, do you mean the board game? Board game called Pandemic. Well, I guess I've played them both. Yeah, the board game and the um, the, uh, the, uh, the the actual game, the actual Flash game too. So, but yeah, yeah. yes, uh, the board game. Yes, absolutely. Okay, so did, did that find its way into XCOM a little bit? Because I got to be honest, the, uh, the the whole feeling of watching that map just completely sort of you know you know turn to shit on you basically as huge parts of the world are slipping over the edge and uh just sort of you know rolling the dice and hoping that nothing's going to happen in both india and russia in the same turn where you're just going to have to you know roll with that and you're not going to allocate resources there this turn and you're just hoping for the best uh i, I don't know maybe read too much into it but that seems very that seems very pandemic you're not actually, yeah. I mean that, and in fact, I actually had um, a strategy prototype that was that was heavily, heavily um, influenced. Like now, there are sort of like touches of it in in terms of either the, the things you're talking about, where you're you're afraid of an outbreak in either location, like that. that right. That element remains, but um, before this, I actually had a strategy prototype where. Um, it wasn't country-based at all. It was city-based, and then the cities had a certain panic level to them that was affected by nearby alien activity, and so that it was very, very much inspired by pandemic. And that didn't work out. That didn't feel. Um, it didn't end up feeling very XCOM. It wasn't. It didn't end up working out. But it was in its own way. It was interesting. But that one was really heavily influenced by pandemic and then this one still keeps some of those touches in it so yeah actually i'm i'm although i, I suppose i shouldn't be surprised seeing you know this is since three moves ahead here but that's yeah that's very true uh that hasn't come up before but that's a very good uh it's a very good catch there because yeah that that part was influenced by pandemic actually uh so bruce what did you think of the changes to the strategic level um you know i <sighs> I have to say I wasn't excited about them, um, but uh, but I, I think it's it, it's just a different kind of. I think the, the the point that Jake made about how there was a there was a um, there was an optimal way to play the first game it, it can just be solved by. Um, I mean that that's just that's sort of a bad design. Um, 
decision on the of the first game allowing sort of a perfect strategy i think you can you can tweak the mechanics and make certain countries more valuable and certain countries less valuable i think it was that there were there was there were there were uh sort of importance imbalances in the first game that led to that and that could be fixed um I'm not, I'm not, uh, I haven't gotten as far into the game that, uh, those things are, things that sort of remind me of, of, uh, of, um, of the original, you know, the, my, my recollection of the original was trying to, um, you know, research the, you know, research the body armor, research the weapons, make sure that everybody's getting, you know, I guess the plasma rifle, um, you know, build these things and, um, uh, make sure that, you know, my economy doesn't completely crash, I have enough money to buy all these things. Uh, at some point, when you reach the tipping point, you were able to really kind of outfit your entire, uh, your entire army with, uh, with the right equipment. But before that, you know, you were always worried about making certain weapons and, and allowing, you know, your best troopers to have them. Um, and I, I, I get a, get a similar kind of feeling. I don't think I've played far enough into the, into the preview build that, uh, I can have a real, a really intelligent uh, comment on it. Beyond that, I do want to ask, since um, I've been playing it, wh- what's up with the interface in terms of the way that it's presented? It just seems to me, and I, I hate to read things into it, but it just seems like a very. It's not a. It doesn't strike me as a PC interface because uh, things like outfitting my squad, uh, giving uh, people. Um, giving the troopers equipment, loadouts. I have to select a trooper, click on him, click on loadout, click on the thing that I want, click back, click on the next trooper. It seems very console. I mean, it's, it's just, it's a console interface. Is that by design? No, I mean, it, it, no. I mean, I think that it's the sort of thing where we, we sort of came up with, obviously, you know, the the roots of the interface have to work both console and um, PC as well. But um no, it wasn't. Um, it being so menu driven, we always we always figured that uh, the strategy layer was more PC ish um, in its in its design. But um, but am I missing something? Am I, well, am I it, just not using it right? Well, I mean, I, I can't imagine why I wouldn't be able to have a have a, all my troopers click on one, have still see the troopers, be able to click on the equipment. I mean, it. it I don't understand why I'm limited. In the, I have a giant monitor. Uh, the real, you know, screen real estate in that situation doesn't seem to be at a, at a premium. Uh, so I don't know why I have to continually click on individual guys. And then also um, the uh, the way in which, the, I guess the, you answered the question for, for me, Jake, about the, the performance, but uh, I just feel like I could, I should be able to, I hate to use the word should because it's just my personal, you know, impression it, it, obviously there are a lot of other considerations that go into it but you know i'm just sort of expecting to be able to click on uh click on units and and get their stats um i'm just approaching it as a kind of a different kind of game whereas everything's recentering i try to zoom out to to look at the whole uh map and then i click on the next guy and it zooms right back in at me and i just get a very i get a very console vibe for it where i i'm you know on a console i'm just going to be hitting you know the the x button or whatever to 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 cycle between my guys, um, so I, well, I just it feels very different to me well, that way. That's kind of inevitable, though, in a in sort of multi-platform release like this. And I mean, I'll admit too, like some of the console. Right. This... I, well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, yeah. That's I mean, I, maybe I'm just asking a stupid. Maybe I'm I'm so console literate that or just they don't 
register for me that I'm I'm asking I'm asking a question that's obvious that so yeah you have to you have to do this I mean it it doesn't it doesn't strike me if if I were just designing a game for the PC I would I would do it completely differently so okay that's fine no, I mean, because I, cause I noticed, too, like on the tactical map, for instance, there's, um, you know, it's got that sort of stickiness, right, where you've got that sort of console, um, you know, wh- where you're sort of like clicking between the squares to, to, to move your dude to a new location, and if it were just like, just designed for a mouse interface, the guy would kind of just go where your mouse would go and your cursor would always point right. to the exact, like, coordinate right. that you want it to be at, but if you're sort of cl- like, making it to work with you know, twin sticks, um, and yeah. it has that feeling. It has that clear feeling of like, okay, this menu is sort of a. This is a little bit of like this menu is a little bit compromised by the fact it's got to work for consoles as well. Um, right. And I, I kind, I'll, I'll admit too that, that it sometimes that, that gets at me a little bit as well. Uh, there, there are times uh, I kind of wish that you could just, um, you know, just sort of flip the flip the interface into PC mode and uh, sort right. of do away exactly. do away with some of that. Yeah, that's the feeling I'm getting. Yeah, uh, but that's fine. I, I will say um, one thing that one thing that's driving me a little bit crazy. Uh, oh hell! Okay, time to just unload on Jake here. Oh god! All right. First of all, I have four snipers, three heavies, three assault troopers, and one support trooper. Jake. And he got hurt, or did he die? No, only, no, he's fine. He's fine. He's wounded. Okay, that's good. But one support trooper out of everyone who's everyone who's leveled up got one guy who actually knows what the hell he's doing with a medikit. Right, right. Okay, so how how is promotion being governed here? Because I am just I I'm imploring the game at this point to give me someone who can heal my soldiers more than once with a medical with a medical kit and be a support trooper. How does that how does that initial pro- promotion into one of the four classes uh, work? Um, and why aren't I getting my support troopers? <laughs> Now you should get, and and this is true. Like the, the the way the code works is, it actually tries to balance out. I mean, you may have had support soldiers who who died earlier, but it, it it's there is sort of like there are catches in there to say like, hey, this guy hasn't had a what he needs most is a, a support, or or rather, you know, you've had like we've given you like three assaults, like don't give him another so-and-so until he gets, you know, one of every class. So it should over time actually even out. So if you ended up in that situation, I suppose it's possible that you got a couple of supports and then they died. Um, but uh, No, I, I, I never got a support. Well, you got one, I guess. But in you, the tutorial, yeah. Yeah, and so um, what you should get is a certain number of um, every class, like as guys level up, you should get a certain number of... Um, of every class and so it shouldn't reach a point where it's it's so heavily slanted so now does what these guys do in the missions matter at all for for how they promote uh no 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 what they it's it's more of a that one's it's more of um procedural it's more more of a random number thing to where like you know again the the idea being that you know uh, it's the the idea of playing with the hands you're dealt which comes up a lot because Certain guys will get wounded, or certain guys will die, and you're never sort of you never sort of have the perfect squad, but instead you're sort of cobbling together um, a squad from whatever soldiers are are ready to go there, or you know, God forbid, rookies as well. So um, it sort of just plays into the idea of um, you you sort of just play with what whatever hand you have, and so you're you're having to sort of invent new tactics because yeah, this time maybe you did have to take three snipers or, or whatever it is, and so it sort of forces you to. Um, develop new tactics every time you go into combat yeah i'm, I'm kind of uh, you know I'm, I'm really conflicted over over this this part of the game because on the one hand 
when my support guy's down for 14 days, uh, which I guess just had terrible luck, let me tell you, man. Like, uh, things are not easy for medics out there. Um, no, no, medics got it rough. Yeah, they got to run forward into the shit, and then they get messed up, and then they're gone. But so when he, when he's out of rotation, and suddenly I've got to like put like give me- medi- like medical kits to like half my squad, uh, th- th- then that, then I'm wondering like, okay, why in the hell aren't I able to just uh, you know kind of promote guys into the class I want? On the other hand, I do kind of I do kind of like uh, what you do with, with that mechanic, and I guess uh, also with some of the uh, you know, in mission mechanics as well, uh, the mission types, uh, different objectives, like trying to capture an alien, for instance, instead of just uh, blowing him away, where where you sort of give me incentives to, um, you know, not play the classically optimal way, where you've got like perfect, you know, fields of support and suppression, but now you've got to kind of go with a crappy plan because that's really what your squad's built for. I enjoy that, uh, and so I'm, 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 I, I'm, I have no idea how, like, how you could, you could have sort of balanced those two things, uh, having guys sort of randomly promote, but also create uh, forces to play outside our comfort zone. But I, I do swing wildly between frustration and uh, you know elation, I guess. Yeah, I mean that's the, um, you know, the, 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 you know, the player has an internal value system by which they sort of um, make, you know, make decisions like that. And so we actually had it at one point where you chose how uh, soldiers would promote or <clears throat> actions they did in combat would lead to their promotion. And what would happen is that players have this internal value system where they love a particular class, right? And so they go, oh, well, what I like to do is take, you know, two assaults and three snipers and a support, or I like a lot of supports or whatever it is. And what happened is that that actually really hurt gameplay because they would they would be able to sort of enforce their – like you never want in a, in a strategy game, you never want the player to – be able to easily enforce their strategy, right? Because the fun of it is sort of um, you you go in with a strategy and then you're forced by the game to change that strategy. The, tra- the, the game's always trying to push you off what you think the ideal path is, so you have to invent new tactics as you're playing to reach this goal. And so what would happen is that the player's internal value system, what they thought was the best, if they were able to achieve that by leveling guys up, then they really didn't have some of those. They didn't sort of have to develop new tactics and the game like the tactics became old quickly because they were doing the exact same thing in in combat missions because they could sort of guarantee the loadouts of the guys that were taken with them so yeah that and that's why that's why we went to the idea of um uh sort of uh having the classes be randomly uh created so the the other thing uh, I I will just point out is it would be great if uh, when when you sort of take dudes off your squad roster and put them uh, you know just sort of rest them for a mission if all their crucial equipment just kind of defaulted to being back in the inventory that happens with injured soldiers I think where if a guy's if a guy's down uh, he's stripped of equipment but with a guy rotated out of the mission. Um, Sometimes I would don't want a guy on a mission, and I, 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 I you know, I take him out of the roster, and I forget which guy it was, and then it's okay. Wait a second, I should have an extra set of carapace armor here. Uh, which guy is holding it? Are you are you holding? Are you holding? Yeah, that's kind of where I end up. So yeah, that's just that 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 I guess is my my other chief interface uh, frustration. But these the, these are small nits. I, I will say that I do enjoy in the. Um, I really enjoy in the strategic level 
kind of the, the kind of it's got it's got kind of a cool like a uh, StarCraft II vibe the way the way that campaign sort of works where you get the sense of um, you know it's a, it's a little bit like maybe the old Wing Commander games as well where you're sort of like navigating from location to location in the base and talking to characters and instead of just sort of like hopping from menu to menu uh, you're kind of like staring into a workshop or a science lab uh, and you and I I also enjoy the uh, sort of base Tetris the base optimization game you're playing as you try to figure figure out like how to get those cool adjacency bonuses for having uh, the right types of rooms next to each other but also get everything you need. Right, and that's the, yeah, that's a sign of something small, but um yeah, it, it does help like every every time you play, you know, based on where the steam is, based on where the open the open caverns are, you know, you always find yourself building the base or or based on whatever it is you want to do. You always find yourself building the base uh, differently every time and and yeah, I mean the StarCraft II reference is is totally valid. I mean they, I think they had a really great sense of space for their for their, um, you know they they had um, obviously the strategy there wasn't wasn't quite as as heavy on the um, on the base side, but they they had that that great sense of place where when you felt like you were going to the bar to buy mercenaries or whatever it is, they had that sort of really great sense of place. So yeah, we we loved the way that 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 sort of worked out. So I kind of guess I I, I kind of want to rot uh, you know rotate now to uh, you know just just parts of this game you know we've really been enjoying maybe uh, talk a little bit about you know some some moments we've had here uh, you know Bruce I mean is there is there anything here that you're you're, you're that you're really sort of uh, that's that's really sort of uh, tickling you Well I mean I was surprised I have to say. Um, because you know I'm a I'm a guy that plays games that and I get really excited because there's a you know there's a square with a box with a circle in it and it says 12 something and it's a Panzer division and you know that's that's all I need and uh, I was very skeptical about the glam cam I was skeptical about the way that the game told the told the story um, I figured I would be sort of immune to that kind of um, I don't know the presentation I thought was going to get in my way because I re- I'm really not interested in that I don't play uh, the types of games that this that this tactical this um uh, that the presentation is clearly informed by I mean it's clearly informed by uh, by first person games and they're trying to it, I, I think you're trying to infuse this this um uh, uh, this game with that kind of sensibility and uh, and so I thought it wouldn't wouldn't work and I was completely wrong uh, I I the same kind of and maybe it's just the you know the updating of the tech and 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 it's the same kind of base impulse but that same kind of feeling that I got from uh, from my guy walking towards a warehouse and all of a sudden stopping and there was you know the the sectoid uh, shooting him you know in Overwatch uh, in the old game it's the same uh, feeling if if not more terrifying than when my guy's running from cover to cover and all of a sudden it cuts and it shows. Uh, you know the sectoid turning and you know shooting him while it's between you know a wall and a and a building and and it's like oh god please miss just please miss um, and I was really I I was tickled a lot by that I mean I I I I feel like sometimes you you know you get older and those games are you, are not uh, accessible to you anymore that same feeling that you had when you and I mean I used to spend <clears throat> just as an aside a good friend of mine. Uh, and I used to used to uh, play this on his uh, on his computer 
uh, it was after we were out of college, uh, and we would we were both working, and uh, you know I'd go over to his apartment in the evenings when I got off work, and we would just sit down, or on the weekends, and we would go over there, and we have uh, you know pull out beers, and then we would just switch back and forth missions, and then you know one of us would stand over the other person's shoulder and go, oh man, don't 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 move there, don't 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 move there, uh, you know you're gonna get killed, and then you get killed, and say, oh yeah, I told you, man, I I'm gonna do a lot better in the next mission, and that kind of you know that kind of feeling, um, I, I really have fond memories of that. I mean, it's almost like playing it multiplayer, and um, and and so I really was skeptical about whether I would would get back into this. I thought, ah, you know, I'm 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 not gonna I'm not gonna appreciate the the new sensibility. And I was completely wrong. I mean, I really enjoy uh, the, the the. I have to say, I got a lot more into the game when I upgraded the squad. I thought the four four man squad was a little too small for me. The six man squad is perfect. Um, and the and the maps that you you play the six man squad uh, on are are um, the the pacing is good. Uh, I like the cinematics. I, I really wish I could stay zoomed out, but you know there there is a there is a payoff to the um, to the glam cam that I that I didn't expect. I've had uh, uh, there was one mission. I have a, a guy uh, a heavy with a rocket launcher and. Uh, I was playing through the game because I had a limited amount of time, and, and I was just trying to get through things and, and um, uh, experience as much, much of the game as I could before the podcast, and uh, I ended up running him through, uh, make, kind of making some bad decisions, and I was also not really, uh, I don't think I was evaluating the cover as well as I could have been, and uh, there was one mission where I just kept you know, running him in the open like I was trying to get him killed, and he could not get killed. And every time I was like, oh, that's the last time I'm going to do that. Okay, I'm not going to do that again. It's, it's gotta, it's, we're going to play this game smart, right? I don't want to lose that guy. And uh, and so uh, and he wouldn't get killed. And then uh, on another mission, I was like, okay, I'm going to let, let's let's figure this out. And I was planning very carefully and looking at all the angles. The first time he ran through cover, he got uh, he got killed. So uh, that, <laughs> I mean, that's that's the that's the kind of uh, I mean, that's the kind of kind of memory that um, that sticks with you and that I think is is. Uh, sort of makes you look forward to playing a game again and which was a, was a positive experience so uh very very uh, very pleasantly surprised by the game yeah i gotta say i was surprised at how well the uh action camera works as well uh glam cam is a, is a really good uh good thing to call it because at first i thought it was just going to be okay so it's going to go to the over the shoulder camera view of like a dude shooting you know like it was going to use a couple stock shots but it's actually one for one thing it's surprisingly sensitive to context uh so when i had two people in overwatch standing side by side i got sort of a um you know sort of a dolly shot of the camera just sort of moving along behind them as they just unloaded on a uh uh, on a sectoid crossing mm. in front of them, that was actually surprisingly cool. It was this like that was like a directed sequence uh, that were that, that was totally unexpected. I didn't know it could do that, um, and it was it was totally badass. And the the other thing, uh, you know, it, it's always amazing how much they did with with uh, the limited graphics uh, that were available to the original XCOM. But but I will say like. Uh, this game, uh, that 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 action camera sort of restores chrysalids to uh, their their truly horrifying, appalling, and terrifying uh, status. The, my first chrysalid attack uh, just had me sort of staring slack jawed at the cam at, at the uh, screen uh, as I just watched one of my best, my best troopers um, not just die, but like it was like he'd been warped into a John Carpenter film and got killed. Because <laughs> uh, it was just it, it it was bad news, and, and then and then I don't want to spoil this moment for anyone, but uh, then it, then it took a turn for the uh, truly horrifying, and 
yeah, it got it got real bad after he died. Um, well, you know, I mean, it's it, it's funny because actually, um, you know, I I think I I differ from from Bruce in the way that um, for me, this is the way I always pictured when I played the original. Like this is the way I always pictured it. Like I had to fill in the holes, obviously. Um, but I always sort of viewed it as this like, you know, tough, you know, I was always making these stories up about my guys and they're these, they're these tough guys. And I knew them all by, you know, by name or I'd rename them. And so this is the sort of, um, you know, I, I guess in, in my head in, in, on the guys uh, on our team, like in our heads, like this is the way we always viewed XCOM, you know, obviously we did it all in our heads before, but then, so, you know, for us, you know, dropping the camera in and showing those moments like the chrysalid, like those were things we planned years and years and years ago. And it wasn't really inspired by any, um, you know, attempt to make it look uh, necessarily like a, a shooter or anything like that, but more just to sort of like these moments, which we always cherished as, as fans of the original game. Like we just sort of, um, we, you know, we, we imagined them. And so we really wanted to, to bring those, those moments to, to life. And, and so, yeah, I'm glad to hear that. I mean, that's certainly the the um, the action camera. It does it does add that that little layer. You know, I I, I had like I've been my week has been so insane. I haven't had a chance to uh, do any multiplayer uh, with with anyone. And and Bruce, I I doubt you've had the chance to do that. No, I have not. Um, so real quickly, we'll just so once once we get off the show here and we we have a minute to play multiplayer, uh, what are we going to find? What, <laughs> what what kind of modes uh, can we get into? So multiplayer is um yeah, multiplayer is uh, it's 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 different which is which is what we're I guess what we're we're excited about is is the fact that it's in one way it's it's really simple I mean it's there's only one mode and it's it's um squad versus squad and so the last last squad standing wins um and the depth of multiplayer comes out of the fact that it's 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 sort of a tabletop game so I don't know if you guys play tabletop but um uh, the idea is that you start a match with a certain point budget, and yeah. so let's yeah. say you have ten thousand points, then you can buy anything from the game with those points. So you then can buy any alien or any soldier, and then you buy their class, and then you buy the inventory items that you want to give them. So you want to buy them a certain type of rifle, or you buy them a, a certain inventory item, and then that's how you spend your points. And so, you know, narrative obviously is thrown out the window, but you know, you can say like, all right, I want two chrysalids backed up with a sniper, or I want a sectoid commander with a muton and an assault soldier, let's say. Um, and so you you can you can do everything from having some demigod like psionic uh, assault soldier down to a squad of, of six mutons, let's say, or, or six floaters. Um, and so it, it, in, in that way, it's very deep in the sense that every time you play, the strategy is always that you, have, you don't know what, you're, what the, um, the opposing player is bringing into combat. And then those, you know, based on what they bring into combat, you may have had a good counter for them. Um, you may have six aliens to their one powerful soldier, or they may, you know, you have a, a, any mix in between. And so the depth is sort of in, in how you distribute your points among your squad. And so that's, you know, the, the idea being that uh, then, you know, that, that's, that's the multiplayer is this, this sort of mode where it's, it's much more free form in, in how the squads are constructed. Are there separate multiplayer maps? 
No, they're based they're based off of some of the single player maps. So the multiplayer maps are, are, are sort of based off of the single player maps, and they're they're meant to sort of uh, offer. Some of the maps have like a big central building structure, um, and then some of the maps are more wide open, um, like uh, wide open boulevard spaces and things like that. So it, it sort of ranges there, but um, yeah, they're based off of some of the single player maps. You know, just one thing that that I've been sort of uh, been sort of wondering as I, as I play, uh, you know, as, as as I play XCOM, I think just from the opening, um, not quite cinematic, but it's the opening tutorial mission, right? Uh, which is kind of really cool and atmospheric and everything. And uh, you know, just today I was playing a mission where it was like in the middle of this like torrential downpour in, uh, I think it was, I, I think it was either Volgograd or uh, Vladivostok. I can't remember which city it was. But it was torrential downpour, and the streets were just like running with, you know, you know, you know what it looks like in a downpour in a city where the streets just turn to rivers. Uh, troops are in this like, you know, brutal engagement there. But a lot of times as I play this game, I, I find myself thinking, uh, this is a game I did not know that Firaxis uh, had in them. Uh, when we talked, uh, you know, back in March, I think, about this game, uh, when you're sort of revealing it, uh, you know, that was sort of one of the issues I raised is like, you know, Firaxis has this, um, has kind of a bright, cheery aesthetic. Um, you know, it, it, like with the exception of maybe Alpha Centauri, things tend not to get too heavy in a Firaxis game. And uh, here I, I, I really find myself uh, taken aback uh, a lot by how sort of moody and uh, evocative this game can be. And, I, you know, I just I can't help but wonder, like, was there was there any sort of like, um, you know, were you guys sort of approaching this as like, you know, one of the rare chances Firaxis gets to show what they can do that isn't Civ? Yeah, I mean, yes, absolutely true. I mean, you know, the I think the the key there is is again, I'm you know, I'm I'm a, a Sid disciple. I mean, I I owe Sid, I owe Sid everything, probably as much as as any designer out of Firaxis. Like I I'm from the Sid house, where you know I, I sort of uh, he's taught me everything when it comes to design, but then. Um, when it comes to mood and, and narrative and things like that, maybe I, I differ, you know, he, he and I, you know, obviously he's much more of a, a, of a bright, that tone you're talking about really comes from Sid is that very bright, um, tone. And, you know, XCOM actually doesn't have Sid's name on it. And it's in fact, the first game we've ever done without his name on it. And one part of that is because the Gollops des designed the original XCOM, so you know it can't really be Sid Meier's XCOM, obviously, because he only puts his name on things that he either originally designed or had a had a role in. Um, but yeah, I mean, because of that, you know, the idea is is that um, you know for us creatively, um, we wanted to again this this goes to I think how we always viewed the original XCOM is, is that. The original XCOM was—I I don't want to call it uh, campy because it wasn't. It had these these really heavy moments, um, but it did have these, you know, the, these sorts of like um, um, not campy in a bad way. But it, it had some bright colors, and we tried to retain that. But um, yeah, with this game, it really was an opportunity for us to say, okay, well, this is not this is not Civ, a game which has a particular mood to it, and this isn't Pirates, which again has a particular mood to it, which is always inspired originally by Sid. You know, this is this is a different kind of game. And so, yeah, narratively, this was an opportunity for us to flex different muscles and um, to sort of go for a, a different tone. 
and it was a lot of fun for a lot of guys, obviously. I mean, because we, we have done, you know, all the leads. Um, we've all worked at Firaxis for over a decade. So, you know, we, we know those games intimately and we love, love those games. Um, but for us, this was fun to sort of to go in a different creative direction. Uh, so I, I know we, I, I know we have to be winding things down. I've actually got, uh, an appointment here in a little bit that I've got to, that, that I can't, that I can't miss. Uh, I, otherwise I could, I would be happy to talk XCOM, uh, all night. Uh, first though, I wanted to sort of take the temperature, uh, uh your temperature, Bruce, uh, you know, a friend of mine asked me last week, uh, he pre-ordered XCOM and he was like, I've already, you know, I've already decided to buy the game. Uh, but you know, I've got a lot of sick days coming. Is this a take, take Friday off? Uh, type of game. Uh, what do you think? What What do you think is the answer to that? Um, I I don't have days off, so I I don't know what that would be like. Um, but uh, I can imagine that uh, you know there's <clears throat> I I've kind of changed my um, my uh, perspective on that, and so that's how I'm going to weasel out of your question that. Um, I don't really see games as you know uh, uh, taking a, a Friday off or taking a day off of work. Uh, to play a game I see games as something that I can look forward to no matter when I'm playing them and say you know this is something that I can I can sit down and experience and it 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 uh, it it makes it it, it that enter that sort of entertainment space or the the you know the the um, it, it's that imaginative place that I can go that uh, I that I'll I'm willing to spend you know Two hours that I don't have uh, going there, and um, I, I was I was I was heartened enough by the what I've played of the preview build that uh, I'm definitely uh, I'm definitely going to go back. I mean, I, there 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 are plenty of games that I you know dabble with, and I don't uh, I don't really um, play them much beyond playing them for the for the podcast or in the past you know play them for a review or whatever. Um, that I don't, they don't touch again. But uh, I think I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to getting through uh, XCOM and getting, you know, exploring the the strategic layer more, uh, building up squads, seeing some of the bigger battles. So yes, definitely. Yeah, I definitely feel like, um, you know, in terms of uh, things that are like increasingly valued in design these days, I kind of feel like. Uh, you hear people saying like it's really tight. Uh, it's just it's always like that's inevitably a good thing. And you know there there are some ways that there are there are things that um, you know I still sort of look back fondly on with the with the original XCOM and uh, some of the games it inspired. Some some of the looseness uh, and some of the possibilities you get. And uh, you sort of, you sort of touched on that earlier, Jake, with with you know extremely high value uh, val- uh, you know extremely high highs and extremely low valleys. Um, and I, and I kind of feel like, you know, like the new XCOM has definitely, has definitely trimmed some of those, but I definitely feel like with every session, there's never a moment when I'm like really getting bored. Like I, I jump in and the minute I'm in a mission, you know, it's no time at all before I'm in the middle of a really tense firefight, a really, you know, or a really tense bug hunt, and then I'm back out and I'm trying to stave off disaster on the world map, and then I'm back in another mission. And it's kind of, uh, you know, as as much as I as much as I sort of, uh, 
you know, as much as I will, you know, sort of pay my respects to uh, some of some of those looser, older games, and, and I miss them, and I miss some of you know some of their values. I, I, I have to admit, like you know, I as a gamer and my habits, um, you know, I don't I, I don't see myself going back to those. I, you know, when I try, I, I tend to start. I, I tend to bail on them very early because uh, they they are a little too loose. They, they, it does take a little too much time to get to the good important stuff. And I feel like with XCOM, I'm you know, uh, every move I make is important. You know, every you know every turn uh, has a has a clear and dire implication for the course of my campaign. Well, yeah, I mean that's 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 good to hear. I mean, I, I think that um, I yeah, I even have to admit that um, I, you know I play the original XCOM still, but I haven't gone to Sedonia in a long time, and I, I think that that that's part of it is that you know at, at a certain point the you know it it is the the sort of thing that it create you know you have these emergent moments which I you know again I think that we still. We still have some of that uh, emergent behavior in the levels and, and some, you know, crazy XCOM moments happen. That's one of the most heartening things talking to people who've, who've played the game is that they still tell these stories that are the exact same stories my friends and I told about the original game where, oh, yeah, we I missed with a rocket which opened up a wall and then there were a bunch of aliens inside. They came on and they killed everyone. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think that's what what I'm most excited for is is bringing uh like uh, you know introducing either players to this game again or, or like for them to at least have some of those what what are for me defining XCOM moments um which you know as a whole you know XCOM is is pretty unique in the in the sort of gaming experience it provides and so that's that's what we're hoping to do is is to like reintroduce those those moments to to um people either again or, or introduce them to new players all right, that about does it for our show. Uh, I won't. I won't ask you what you have planned for expansions because I know that if you have anything planned, there's no way you can tell us about that. Um, <laughs> I, I agree. So I will. So I will. I will just ask you. Um, I will just ask you now that you've shipped a game as a as lead designer for a Firaxis game. Uh, where are you going next? When do we announce your departure from Firaxis? <laughs> I knew that was going to come up, right? Um, now I'm I'm the kind of guy, you know. Uh, they're probably going to have to roll me out in a pine box. Like I I tell Sid all the time that um, they're going to have to turn. I'll, I'll be the one turning the lights off at Fraxis because, you know, again I've been there. You know, this is twelve plus now, so I don't know. I'm I'm uh, I'm I'm too happy at Fraxis to to look at somewhere else. They, these are the kinds of games like. For me, like Fraxis is very, very, um, you know, it's it's unique. Uh, it's it's rare that you get the opportunity to make these kinds of games, and again, um, you know, to to have the opportunity to make these games and yet still have a pretty big platform for them. I mean, that's I think Fraxis, and that's mainly because of Sid. I think that this is the uh, the place for it. So yeah, I uh, you can uh, you can only announce my vacation, and then I will return back to work at Fraxis. That's about it. So. All right, and uh, that does it for tonight's show. I'd like to thank uh, Jake and 2K for making this appearance possible. And as always, our thanks to our producer, Michael Hermes, uh, whose appearance last week uh, apparently went stunningly well, and we set records for uh, downloads and listenership. So uh, America has spoken. Michael Hermes, uh, you are not just our producer anymore, but a beloved member of the panel. Um, 
So can't wait to have you back. And next week, if I'm not much mistaken, we should have uh, Nels Anderson of Mark of the Ninja talking to Troy and uh, the rest of the panel about uh, Fog of War and information in strategy games. Uh, but Jake, thank you so much for uh, joining us tonight and can't wait to have you back. That's not an idle invitation either. Uh, we, we would absolutely love to have you back and uh, just pick your brain about strategy games some more. All right. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Jake. Uh, say good night, everybody. Good night, everybody.